on this episode of Side Hustle, Brad and I are going to be spending time with the one and only Kim Perel. Uh, many of you have read her books. I mean, she is uh, she is a rock star. So talking side hustle seems almost like it's uh, it's not giving her due due credit. But man, does she know the side hustle? So really excited to spend time with her and to dive into everything from bankruptcy to fear to you know being a mom of two sets of twins like that alone. <laughs> is mind blowing. Uh, first, a word from our sponsors. Are you able to give maximum energy to your side hustle? Well, Joy Burst Energy Drink can help. Most energy drinks give you that dreaded crash after a few hours, but Joy Burst is different as it's made with natural caffeine to keep you energized throughout the day. With 200 grams of natural caffeine and zero grams of sugar, you can be confident that what you're drinking will give you the long lasting energy you need. Use code side hustle to get 10% off your next Joy Burst Energy Drink. Order on Amazon. That's Side Hustle to get 10% off your next Joy Burst energy drink. Order from Amazon. I had it before my workout today, Brad. We were talking off the air. Uh, look, Brad, I, I went to the gym today. I'm reading up on Kim, and I'm thinking, man, we've got quite a guest here. I mean, I want to go through a bit of her bio, so we're going to embarrass you, Kim, for just a second here. But <laughs> this is all stuff that you've, you've achieved here. But Kim has spent the last 20 years starting, scaling, and selling technology companies, ranging from $0 to a $1 billion in annual sales. She started her first company from her kitchen table when she was 23 and grew it to a $100 million company. She sold her last company for $235 million to Singtel, one of the most prestigious telecom companies in the world. A great believer in paying it forward, she loves to help aspiring entrepreneurs and executives and podcast show hosts as well. Right, Brad? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the dedication to empowering the next generation of business leaders is what led her to become an investor in over 100 companies. She's partnered with Entrepreneur Magazine to create educational courses that over 10,000 business leaders have taken. She's appeared on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Drew Barrymore Show, and CNBC. And her book, Jump, Dare to Do What Scares You in Business and Life, published by HarperCollins in 2022, was an instant Wall Street Journal bestseller. And her first book, The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success, was also a national bestseller. Loads of awards. Kim, it's great to spend some time with you. Brad, that's daunting. And look, you... You have a very similar story to her. You don't have two sets of twins, uh, but I, just give me your initial take when you hear a bio like that. It's absolutely unbelievable. The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, sometimes when they uh, do Tiger Woods at a golf tournament and they go through like someone else's bio, it's like he won this. And then they go through like Tiger Woods and it's like pages and pages. And Tiger, <laughs> Tiger, Tiger Woods got this, has to stay like, hey, guys, I we've heard enough. That's kind of how I felt with Kim. Her bio, her bio is just goes on and on. Uh, but more importantly, as I've gotten to know her over the last you know little while, she's a better person than she is a businesswoman, uh, and that speaks high volume for her. So I'm happy to have her on board and and to learn all about her side hustle endeavors. You know, one thing, Kim, as we sort of kick this, we can go in a million directions. One thing that Brad and I have, have learned from other guests of of, of the side hustle uh, is that there's this funny irony. It's like all these folks are crazy successful. And then when you ask them, so like, how employable are you? Like, could you actually go back in and work a traditional sort of corporate job? The look is like, hell no. <laughs> Have you graduated? I would imagine you've graduated past. Like, you can't go back, could you? That changes a mindset. Yeah, it's a definitely a different mindset working in a system versus working outside of the system because I don't color in, inside the box. I'm not even good at it. So I'm, I feel like I'm much better in just making my own boxes, filling out where, you know, where the color goes. How do you define a side hustle now? I mean, do you, when you have this many things, I'm always thinking, because look, I think of side hustles as like, all right, what am I doing? It's that whole like 80-20 rule, but it feels like when people start to realize, no, no, I'm really good at this. Like, are you inverting that percentage? Like what, how do you even define what it might be to be a side hustle? 
could be an author, like your book Jump There that's behind you uh, on your bookshelf. Is that a side hustle? Like, how do you think about it? And how do you evaluate if you're ready for the next one to begin? Yeah, well, I mean, I look at it just in terms of life. So you got 24 hours in a day. Eight hours is like my typical job, right? Whatever that is. You've got eight hours, you got to sleep. I got eight hours left, right? And that's for my family. That's for my side hustle. That's for all the <laughs> other opportunities, right? Like where you can create and innovate, ideate. And so it's really looking at just straight up time management and like, what can I do with that last eight hours? And there's a lot you can accomplish if you're really focused on creating, whether it be a book or a business or starting a new charity. It doesn't matter what it is, but like where are you dedicating the time and time invested is a side hustle. Like you're actually investing time to start something new. Now, over time, you'll decide, is that a hobby or is that a side hustle that can actually make money? So I actually think there has to be some, like a side hustle is different than a hobby. You know, I don't know if I'm going to take up golf and then make money from it. Probably not. But like, what can you do that eventually what I see is people want to create a business or they want to create some other additional revenue stream to diversify against their current income. There is no way that you you require eight hours of beauty sleep. There's absolutely no way. So that has totally gone. I only try. Just so is, you know, I'm religious <laughs> on sleep. I no. feel like I've read a book and it's like that eight hours. I have like an app that tracks it all the time and I don't get it. I'm like, oh. Even right now, it's like optimal energy. I'm only 95% to my optimal energy, Brad. Oh. So I'm like really low today. Well, you look obviously always great. And there's no way I believe it takes eight hours to do that. But on the on the topic of side hustles, obviously, you know, for us or for me, sometimes the side hustle, just that juice, that energy of starting something from scratch, proving doubters wrong, proving just yourself that you can do it, almost gains a life of its own because your business that you've had, or in my case, 23 years, in your case, similar amounts, it just takes a different energy. So I'm really interested to know from you is when you dive into a side hustle, does that almost consume your brain at the same capacity, if not more than the current day-to-day -day that you have? Yes. It's so energizing when you start, it doesn't matter what you're starting. When you start something new, there is like an electricity of it. It just yeah. gets you firing you know, you're sleeping and I'm thinking, Oh, how do I do that? I love that. Right. It just, it awakens something in you. So anyone out there listening and they're thinking, I hate, and this is what I hear. 80% of people are like, that's why I wrote junk. I hate my job. It's dead end. It's like drowning. I'm just, dis you know, I'm disengaged and I'm just stagnant. It's like, yes, but if you started something new, a little side hustle on the side, it will lit like there's creativity that will come that then you could pull back maybe into your current job that actually will make your entire life feel more productive and, and joyful. It almost right. sounds like you're describing falling in love. <laughs> yeah, but it's like falling in love with, you know, a new passion, right? And totally is. It's like side hustles are usually, you know, it depends. Like obviously there's a side hustle. You're just trying to make some extra cash, but hopefully even if that's it, you're using a talent, whether that be a photographer that's now taking pictures on the side or you're in social media. Like how do you use talents you already have in order to create a side hustle? That's like the ideal scenario. And for me, I, I also, I mean, I love this part of it as well, is that you've had so many successful businesses, but you've recently branched out with some of the, like the top, you know, known influencers in the world, like Jay Shetty comes to mind and the, and the beverage company that you have. And then you showed me a little while ago, the beauty company that hopefully we can get you on the shopping channel here in the US and Canada. But tell me about those side hustles, but particularly partnering up with known influencers and how that process has been for you. Yeah, I think first just coming from 20 years of tech, like I'm a tech entrepreneur by trade. But again, 
moving and jumping into something that I'm not an expert as it's been so again, energizing, like I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm actually, you know, I'm using new thought that I hadn't done before. And I think that's with anyone that's sitting there like, I've done it, you know, I'm an accountant for 20 years, I want to do something different. I get it. So do you. I mean, you've been there, right? It's like, what else can we do? And how do we use our talents that we currently have to create something new? So in this case, you know, starting consumer brands has been fun, because for me, I could use technology to identify and really understand if there's market opportunity, but then now you've created a business again from scratch with celebrities or other individuals that have, but they have that same passion, right? Whether it be Jay with T or Winnie with skincare and sun care, like they're passionate about that. This is like running through their veins. So they're excited to get up and create. I mean, it's the same idea. It's just looking in and really knowing like what it makes you light up. Yeah. Well, we we recently talked, sorry, we recently talked with uh, the CEO and founder of Flowwater, and he has had all the, from Halle Berry to Gwyneth Paltrow to Sean Mendez, like the top stars in the world and uh, representing his brand. And he took us through a journey of that side hustle, but that side hustle was crazy for him because he actually made it uh, that unless you were going to invest in the company, like actually these celebrities had to put money down as opposed to him paying them. He wasn't in part of their series D funding. And so that took me guys surprised. Like he's flipping the switch on his side hustle traditional. And I think similarly, what you've done with Jay and, uh, and Winnie is something similar that they're actually part owners of the brand themselves. And they're actually, you know, side hustling from their day-to-day -day jobs to make this brands or these brands so successful. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're truly, you know, it's going from, again, what they do naturally, which is either a supermodel, an activist, or um, a, an author, and they're jumping into entrepreneurship. Now, I'm a beverage entrepreneur, I'm a beauty entrepreneur. I mean, this is a whole new game for them, too, which is really exciting, because now they're learning new skills, new thought, new understanding of how business works in these respective verticals, which is, uh, you know, again, energizing, right? It's something you don't know. It's scary, because you're like, I don't know what I don't know, but mm -hmm. that's actually what, you know, when you move outside your comfort zone, that's where the magic really happens. Let's talk a little bit about the blueprint, blueprint of your personality. What I think is fascinating, sort of the people that can achieve it, they can think of it, they can dream about it, and they actually can put action to those thoughts. You know, doubt creeps in. I mean, you know, we think about when do we commit and say something publicly? Do we sort of inch out of our comfort zone at the bus stop and share with other parents like, you know, I'm going to start something here because then, you know, they're going to ask you about it. But that feels like that that chasm between the idea and even just getting going is massive for so many people that may not have sort of the innate energy that you do um, or that Brad does. And so how do people get through that? Because I think that's where they get stuck. They read something from someone who's incredibly accomplished like you. They see Brad going way over sort of doing things that you would never think in the music industry to understand new ways to market. And they think, man, I just want to get sort of through those first three steps. What did you learn through some of the failures like bankruptcy and being laid off where you kind of had, maybe you reconfigured your own blueprint and said, you know what, I got to approach this differently if I'm going to succeed in the things that I'm actually dreaming about that could eventually be a side hustle. Yeah, I think it's really asking yourself, like, what's the worst that could happen, right? And so, I mean, I've been rejected. Yeah, to your point, I've been bankrupt. I've been broke. You know, people laugh at me. They doubted me. I just name it. And so at this point, you know, I've hit rock bottom. And so when you hit hmm. rock bottom, the only way you go is up. So <laughs> if you're sitting there and you're thinking, where are you? I'm 
mean, for me, it's about, it's really about believing in yourself and cutting out the critics. Because again, if you're at the bus stop, you're telling someone about your idea, people are going to tell you why it's not going to work. You know, they're going to self-impose their own limiting beliefs on you. And that is not you. And so it's really understanding who will support me on this journey and surrounding yourself with those people, because that will make a huge difference. Else you're just going to listen to all the people telling you why you can't do it, why you shouldn't do it, how risky it is. It's like, okay, I've heard that. Thank you very much. But honestly, if you have a dream, like dream really big, but then what's that first up? Start really small. So even just writing the plan, just researching about what the opportunity is. If you just take like that first step, I think it makes a huge difference. But Again, you can get stuck in analysis paralysis in your own mind. And I've done that all the time. I do that all the time, right? Like, should I do this or this? And, and it, again, just move. Like, and, So what and happens when doubt cre creeps in? Because you're human. So I would imagine there might be like a great idea. Kits you on a Friday and Saturday morning, you wake up and you're like, and that's not as great as I thought it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I usually call people that I trust and I ask them, mm. I'm like, am I crazy? <laughs> right. That, right. It's like, I mean, I'd call probably Brad and be like, Brad, is this a good idea? You know, it depends what the field is. And again, don't get advice from someone who hasn't been where you've been, where For you sure. want to go. So like, Absolutely. I'm not, you know, I know what I know. Advice, if you want yeah. to be in a technology company, I can clearly tell you how to build it. If I want to build a beverage company, I need to find experts in that field to help me build or create what I want to do. So a lot of times we ask people that actually have no experience in what we want to do. If it's a good idea, they don't know, like they yeah. have no idea. Some of that experience really? comes from a family, right? I mean, Brad, you and I've talked when I was up at your home uh, in Toronto. I mean, you like the family roots that you have and sort of instilling in that, that I don't use overused word grit, but like that was in your DNA early on, right? Yeah. Like my grandfather, you know, he played in the NHL. So he kind of, he reached the pinnacle of sports. My dad was an entrepreneur. My brother and I started our first company. So family has been obviously very important to me, but very important from a belief system and what can, can be done and what's possible. So they're obviously fortunate that I was just, you know, born into that, but that those have been resources and people I've carried on all the time. Um, and the other thing I say with Kim is it's, you know, what I love about her as well is like we talked about in the last show, it's, you got to celebrate failures right? You got to celebrate failures because they're gateways to success. And Kim told me about a recent instance uh, where she had some legal documents sent her way. And most people on the side hustle get sent any type of legal documents, it fries them. Like this is like, I failed, I did something wrong, whatever. And her exact quote to me was, unless you're getting like, if you're not getting legal papers, you're not trying hard enough. That was their exact words. And I said that to myself. Man, and I, I love and, that. And, yeah. I've said that to myself so many times over the last 23 years that if you're not pushing the envelope to get noticed by the big conglomerates or whoever that they are, you're really not pushing it. And she looked at that as a speed bump, not a stoplight. And I think that's really critical in terms of her success, but also just like, this is a side hustle that she has on the beverage side compared to her uh, technology space. But literally she just reviewed it as a speed bump. And obviously I'm on the right track because I'm getting noise or else people wouldn't be paying attention. What, Kim, what, what's the social impact? I mean, I'll hear from people that, that they're climbing, they're succeeding, right? They're really sort of doing what they want to do. And they'll talk sort of off camera or off air about the loneliness because you really start to understand your personality. You understand how you tick. You understand when that legal document comes, like how you handle that. And man, the closer we get to understanding ourselves, it's sort of like, do we need all that other noise in our lives? And sometimes it's hard to have 
like-minded people around you because you're so high functioning. Like, How many people can you, I'm looking for a group of people that have just sold their company for over $200 million. You know, like, <laughs> let's go meet at Starbucks. Like that's hard to do. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you change? How do you, you know, I mean, how do you sort of expand past? We've all looked at our Facebooks and said, man, how many people stayed in the same town they went to high school, you know? And like, how different is it if you didn't, you know, like how does it change you personally and how the way in which you interact with people? Yeah, I think for me, it's always just having a beginner's mindset. You just really being like, it, whatever I'm going into, obviously, I've, again, I have a lot of experience in technology companies, but coming into any new industry, any new company, really being open-minded and not being closed-minded, because I think that's where a lot of the challenges come in. Really looking for expertise outside of my own experience to help bring in, and I'm really big on relationships forming relationships, you, you know, like really calling on, hey, how can I help you? Who can I like tap for knowledge that I don't have? And I think a lot of times people don't ask. And I think that is a fatal flaw because people like me, we want to help. Like we want the next generation of entrepreneurs, of side hustlers. We want you to be successful. And so how do we help you and share the knowledge? And I think most entrepreneurs I know, like unless they're going something that that you cannot see, they do want to help. They So whether it's, I want to start a company, a side hustle in a specific vertical, go ask someone that's actually in your neighborhood and have a coffee. You know, I usually say like $4, you could have a cup of coffee and it could change your life, which is like, just ask someone if they could have a cup of coffee, like the store owner, you know, ask whoever it is. And if to say no, fine. It's like, that's life. Keep moving. Like you're going to get get rejected a lot. So it's again, just part of it's another speed bump, right? But yeah. keep asking. So one of the things I think Rod is important to know is most successful entrepreneurs are highly, highly, highly competitive, right? But at the end of the day, because it's a, a community where you feel like it's very few, you really do support one another. So like Kim and I come from totally different backgrounds, obviously tech and CPG. And we've connected over the last uh, you know year and we have ultimate respect for each other. We want each other to do well. And we're open to exchanging ideas and opportunities and partnerships. That is kind of like a hidden secret that people think that all you want them to do is not succeed and put them down. That's actually completely the opposite for entrepreneurs who've reached a certain level of success. Now, the key thing that also that I'd say with that is, if Kim comes into the beverage space, I want to kick her ass, right? I literally want to kick <laughs> I her ass. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I want, like, I, I, in a sports analogy, I want to beat Michael Jordan or whoever else. But that competition <laughs> amongst ourselves leads her to be better in the beverage space and me to be better. It was no different than if I went into the tech space, she would help and support me, but her competitive nature would want to like to beat me. And if she doesn't do it that way, then I'm not actually going to go through the process of raising my game to be successful because Kim's not the only one in tech. So everybody's going to be coming after me if I make a dent. So that's just competition. But there's still a level of support that says, hey, Kim, can I talk to the search and such at in tech world? She'll be the first to make the contact. But that doesn't, mean she's, not, yeah, that doesn't mean she's not competitive. This is a perfect segue because, uh, Kim, if you're going to now battle Brad in the, in the uh, <laughs> beverage space, <laughs> Uh, you may need some fuel on that side <laughs> hustle. Uh, well, No Sugar Company has got you covered, Kim. Fuel your anytime cravings with No Sugar Company Metabar, the first six-layer protein bar with no sugar, gooey caramel, 14 grams of quality protein, and no sugar in each bar. Use code side hustle to get 10% off at the NoSugarCompany.com. That's side hustle to get 10% off at the NoSugarCompany.com. Kim, for those that are listening and not watching this, uh, your face, as he was saying, just how competitive he is, that if you sort of ventured into his space was just 
classic. Um, it t tell me what you were thinking when you said that. No, I think you like, listen, there's all you, it's an aspiration, right? Like Brad's been so successful within beverage. Like I would aspire to be like him. I mean, I'm at the beginning. He's, you know, obviously just done so well across so many CPG categories. It's exciting. Like you want to compete. Like it's obviously I'm not competing because I'm so <laughs> small, but like you want to have that thrill, but you also want mentors. And I think finding mentors that have been there, have done that, that you can reach out to in certain specific instances is so key. And so I really feel very blessed because it's nice to find people that have been there and done that and actually can help you. It goes back to don't listen to people that have not been there and done that. There is no upside for you. And you know, people tell me like my family said's a bad idea. What is your family doing? Do they run the company you want to run? Like I'll give you probably not. So it's just, again, if you have a dream and you want to create something, just do it. And don't listen to all the naysayers and the critics and all the people that are going to tell you why you shouldn't do it. I mean, I hear all the time. And especially, I mean, when I started my first company for my kitchen, you know, I can remember, you know, I, the company I worked for, we went bankrupt. I got fired. I was jobless. Like it was the beginning of the internet. And everyone was telling me like, Kim, the internet is a fad. Like you need to get a real job. This internet thing, this is totally a fad. Like this was before Facebook. And this is like, yeah. Yahoo, right? It's the biggest search engine at this time. But they're like, Kim, this is a fad. Even on Newsweek, I think it said the internet's a fad. Go get a real job. This is like, a, you know, and I just had this vision. Like I knew it wasn't. I had seen it firsthand. And so even though I made the bet, everyone else was like, this is a bad, bad idea. Yeah. Right? Imagine, imagine, imagine if Jeff Bezos listened to that, uh, that advice as well. I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't be buying all of our daily goods from, from Amazon. But a question I have for you, Kim, is you, from your first business that was successful, and then as, as we both done, we st have started what we, what I consider to be side hustles, obviously like the reality show that I'm about to do, uh, even the stuff with, you know, on the music to me, those are all side hustles. Um, but has there been a side hustle that comes to mind for you that it was originated as a side hustle and then it turned out to be exceptionally successful. And now is one of your actual core businesses that you actually have today as it was a side hustle, but turned into something very successful today say, I don't know, it's a good point. When I go in, I go all in, I'm going in to win. So okay. I don't usually go in with the thought that it may or may not be successful. I like have no doubt that it will be. And I guess that's, you know, it's interesting to your point on grit. It's like, you may say is a bad idea, but in my mind, I'm like, this is a hundred percent, I'm going to win. So it's interesting. I have a web three company and everyone, you know, obviously we've had the roller coaster of crypto and NFT, but like, I believe right now my web three company will be one of my most successful investments and um, founding companies to date. So regardless of what everyone's saying out there, like you're wrong. <laughs> Again, <laughs> call me back in like five years and like, we'll see who's right. Who's right. Just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, again, it goes to my confidence in what is the future and the, the next generation of the the internet or technology, because I know that space like has to be greater than everyone else telling me this is terrible. It's not, you know, there is an application, there is opportunity and I'm confident in what I'm building. Are there some key, like, you know, I don't know, three things that you look at when you're evaluating the potential, the potential of a side hustle that in essence, it's got to pass sort of these questions or tests or filters for you to then move forward or, and or kind of punt and wait and say, you know what, it's not time. Yeah, 
I think one is like, what is that vision, right? Like, I think it has to be really crystal clear on what do you want to achieve? And if you can't actually tell me, then you probably should wait, right? Like I want to create, whether it is a food truck or a, or a Web3 company, I don't care, whatever it is, like you have to be really clear on what you're going to create. I think, and does that make money? Like in a Venn diagram, is there an opportunity to make money from what you want to create? Because again, I go back to, I think a side hustle has to make money. I, I really believe it's like, the first step in a business that could be really, really big. So I think it's important to understand, is there a way to monetize this opportunity? Um, but I think those are two, just like, what is the vision is, and, and will I be able to make money from it? So I, I have a question and usually I have to have an HR director around me when I ask these things. I'm not the most politically correct guy. <laughs> you might so. selectively go on to mute, Kim. Yeah, exactly. No, just, there's no just, one here, so it's just yeah. us. Yeah, just hear me out. So. I have two daughters, right? Um, and so for the longest time in the quote unquote business world, entrepreneur world, it was a male driven world, or it was a perception that it was a male driven entrepreneurial world. I saw recently on your LinkedIn post, you're like, I am a CEO and you crossed out. I am a women CEO. You're just, I am a CEO, which is so powerful. And for my daughters, obviously I want them to be, if they choose entrepreneurship to be as successful, if not more successful than anything I've ever achieved. So talk us through what you know you you've been doing this now for 20 years obviously you're a female entrepreneur what have been the different challenges and barriers that you've had to break that to be honest with you i wouldn't have even had to even think about and so i thought the message you had yesterday on linkedin was very powerful uh but is there things that as you went through the last 20 years that you feel like you know what i continue to have to prove people wrong just because i was female in a male dominated entrepreneur world everyone comes with their own listen you can't help it you judge people right within the first what five seconds you make a you make a instant judge so people probably weren't going to look at me and say hey kim you're a tech ceo likely but the reality is like my intellect knowledge and ability to produce great results time and time again prove everyone else wrong and so it's like i you know again i'm just looking for the best most qualified candidate and in my experience honestly I had so much doubt like of myself when I first started, like, can I do this? Like, I have no experience being a CEO. I have no experience running a company. I have no experience building a company. But again, it just goes back to like that internal belief that I believe in myself and my own skills. And regardless of the doubt I have, I'm going to like feel the fear. I'm going to move forward anyway. Right. And I think that is what is an internal battle. I think you have, mm -hmm. you know, probably any gender, but I'm sure, you know, females have it as more like an imposter syndrome. Like, am I qualified? I can remember getting asked to be on a board, you know, really early on. And I said, no, cause I just didn't feel like I'm like, I'm not qualified enough. Right. I was like, no, I don't want to be on the, like, and I made him some excuse why I couldn't do it. And then later I was talking to the guy and he's like, you know, I said, you know, he's like, why did you turn down the position? And I said, you know what, honestly, for me, I just didn't think I was qualified. And he's like, we didn't want you because, you know, it's a bunch of VCs and I'm like, I'm not a VC, I'm an operator. He's like, we actually wanted you on the board because you have operational experience running a company, not from a VC. And you could add more value to that company than anyone else in the room. And I thought it was just, I wasn't thinking that way. And so obviously from then on, I was like, I'm just say, you know, obviously it's a good lesson that if you're asked, there's a reason and you yeah. should have the belief in yourself that you can do it regardless of how you feel, which it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you don't know anything, but again, you have great skills. So reminding yourself, like all the great accomplishments you have done, like why you're in where, why you are, where you are.
And just remember, yeah, and, and just remember, let's just put this out there one more time. She is a mother of not one, but two twins, four kids. I have two kids, not twins, and I'm drowning. And obviously <laughs> you have double that and you've been uber, uber successful. So it's just a reinforcement of it really doesn't matter what the circumstances that you have in your life. It really, really doesn't. You will always, if you want it bad enough and the side hustle is intriguing enough, you will find a way to make it happen. And obviously Kim is a prime example of that. Let's talk a little bit about- You need support, right guys? I mean, like yeah. for my- Perspective. Again, that's where it comes back to your relationship. Like let's enlist support, whether it be friends, family, whoever it is, neighbors, people at school. I don't know, but like you cannot do it alone. I cannot, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no way I could do this alone, but it's finding the right support system because like life's a team sport. So like, how do we play it like that? And that's the mentality. If not, I have to do everything. I can't do everything. Like I know that, you know that, but like yeah. being okay with that and knowing What's really important to me, which is like quality time, right? Right. Rod, write that on your shirt. Life's a team sport. <laughs> write that on your shirt. I love that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your childhood a little bit, kind of going off of what Brad talked about being a parent, because I feel like we're in this sort of this middle earth kind of a thing where we've gotten lucky that the Kim Perels and the Brad Woodgates had sort of that internal sort of pilot light that said, yeah, the, the blueprints may not be here. The plan may not have been written for us in how to achieve as entrepreneurs and side hustles. Cause I'll say it, the word entrepreneur was not used when I was growing up, like in the eighties and nineties, that was not a part of the vernacular. And so if we don't want to just sort of cross our fingers and hope that we have another generation of, you know, sort of self-determined folks to be able to deal with failures and build businesses that we all benefit from, that means we have to think about how do we support the younger generation in education? How do we look in the, at the way in which we provide opportunities and mentorships? And I was saying in another episode that we've got here locally in Nashville, the high school that has an entire entrepreneur center, which I think is great because it means we're advancing, you know, we're sort of we're speeding up the opportunity for kids to present. My fourth grader was presenting an idea to a group of entrepreneurs the other day. Like that's new thinking, right? So talk mm -hmm. a little bit about your childhood and some of the sort of the DNA of you that looking back, people could go, you know what? This totally makes sense where Kim has landed. <laughs> well, both similar to Brad, both my parents are both entrepreneurs. So I grew up, you know, not talking about at the dinner table, we didn't talk about sports or school. We literally talked about business. And, you know, my dad would say, we sat down and he'd be like, okay, what's the worst thing that happened to you today? And that was like a game we played. And he talked about like some bad thing that happened in his business. And I talk about like something that happened to me. Like I didn't do well, you know, and we go through and we just kind of compete on who had the worst thing that happened to him. And we still do that. I mean, I called him last week, you know, after I got that legal letter, I'm like, dad, <laughs> what's the worst thing that happened to you today? And he, you know, he's like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, oh, I won. I won and <laughs> doing this for, you know, 40 years. So just maybe, you know, for me, and he was really normalizing failure. So when something happens at a young age, I learned just, okay, this is normal. How do we move forward? As opposed to just saying, this is it, call it a day, you know, because he had so many struggles as an entrepreneur growing up. Again, I did not want, let me, honestly, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur personally. I was like, I'm going to get a real job, <laughs> like a stable one, because watching him growing up was so volatile that, yeah. I, yeah. you know, like, you yeah. know, that's definitely not for me. Now, yeah. again, fate had another, you know, fate, fate changed that. And I, I got a real job and that job went bankrupt. So now that I had, I was like, okay, well, nothing's real. I might as well just yeah. start my yeah. own company. Yeah. But 100%. I feel like normalizing failure and asking, you know, my kids, I ask them all the time, like, what was the worst thing that happened? And they'll tell, I mean, I add like, what's the best thing that happened? Because I felt like that's a little bit 
Yeah. Well, it's not about yeah. a specific skill set, which I, th this is what I hope the audience gets. This to me is really important. This is like, let's not bury the lead, Brad. Because what, what I'm hearing you say, Kim, it's like, it's not that we could sit here in 2023 and talk to kids about the very specific actions you have to take to operate and build a company. What I'm hearing from you is it's more about the process. We're human beings. The variables will change over time, which means that what we have to do to build a business will change, right? You're going to have different processes, policies, you're in a different country, whatever that is. But what I'm hearing from you is it's about how do you handle when the rock's coming down at you from the top of the mountain and you've got to get out of the way or hit it head on, right? Like that, but that's a core difference from get your MBA, you know, block and tackle these specific things that will change. I mean, in my recent TEDx talk, I brought up in research that like when our kids grow up, half of their colleagues will be not even human. Right, right. Like that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Scary, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the fundamental care, like what can you actually, I mean, with four kids, it's fun because now I get a you know, I, I have my own ways of teaching them. But, you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, we look at the other day, my son was, you know, waver on decision. I'm like, you need to be decisive. Decisiveness is a characteristic of all great leaders. And he's like, okay, mom. <laughs> Bump but the brakes, like, mom. Like, start, like, just encouraging them to just make a choice. It could be the wrong choice. That's okay. Like, I'm being okay that it may, you know, like if you want peanut butter jelly or cheese, I don't know. Yeah, but like, right. Try again, you know, so just ingraining that, like, we always try again. It's okay. Is there something, is there something that comes to mind? I'll ask the question. I'll give you an example, but is there something that comes to mind that is one of the most uncomfortable thing that you did in either a side hustle or one of your business that you got through? So like for me, uh, when uh, Vanilla Ice asked me to come up on stage and sing with him in front of 10,000 people, uh, we did this in New York. I think Rod, you were there. Maybe you weren't, you're in Toronto, but I was like, A, I can't sing. <laughs> B, I've never been in front of 10,000 people. And Vanilla Ice is a household name. Like this is really going to be an operation, an opportunity for disaster. So the only thing I thought about is in the last case, I'm going to wear a Joybird shirt so everybody knows the name. <laughs> but, but And then let the rest ride. Like that, that, that's it. And I was so nervous. I took dancing lessons. I like, I, you know, I did anything I possibly could to be ready for that moment, obviously. And it was super, probably one of the most scariest things of my side hustle that I ever did. But once I got through it, there's almost like a euphoric feeling that if I can literally do that, then what else could I possibly not do? So I'm asking for you, is there something in the, in the, that comes to mind that was really just like, so out of your comfort zone that you agonize for a while. I mean, you're on elevator pitch, you're, you're, you know, CPG now you're, you know, the book you're, I saw your picture of you with the book on the net in front of the NASDAQ. Is there something that comes to mind that was like a really crazy, scary moment for you that you overcame? Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so many, but I would say, <laughs> oh my God. um, you know, I have two, I think for me, like my first set of twins, actually they were born when I was selling my, um, last company and like they were born at, um, this is more personal than professional, but they were born at 23 weeks. And that was just like one of those moments in time when like time stands still, I don't know if they're going to make it. And my daughter had a brain bleed and my son had, a, you know, had to have open heart surgery. But I feel like those are things you can't prepare for. Like nothing will prepare you for those moments. And knowing like, that's like when true resilience like comes in because you're, that's something you can't control and you can't train for, you can't plan for like, there's just nothing that you can, you can do. And so like that helplessness feeling is so against my type A personality, like that. I don't know. I think that was one of just those moments that like, it was a game changer for me in terms of 
you know, just letting go, having faith, true resilience, and like just, you know, getting that support system. So, and like what really matters. And like, yeah. for me, it's really my family. It's like my number one. Um, but going through that journey was really, you know, they were in the hospital for three and a half months. Well, and, you know, and meanwhile, I'm trying to do a deal. It just like was, you know, <laughs> wow. wow. I don't know. You know, I, again, I did a TED talk on that. Just, it, you can't, I don't know how to describe it, but like something I hope I, no one ever has to go through. Yeah. Yeah. I make, I would take a, uh, I'll take a a massive leap here. I would think that that's supercharged when you were already on your path to great success, but to your point earlier about rock bottom, I mean, that helpless feeling as a parent, and that is an extraordinary example. I would think when you get out of that, it's like, all right, (laughs) throw whatever boulder you want, because I can take it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I feel like, and so people see now, and I'm like, but you don't, you know, I think the thing is, people don't see what happens behind closed doors, right? Like, and behind the scenes, whether personally, professionally, like, I mean, even Brad, it's interesting to hear you, you know, like you are preparing for that moment, right? Yeah, like you're training yeah. for it. Like, but when the yeah. moment comes, like. Yeah. Brad yeah. was in the makeup chair for 30 minutes before this podcast. Came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But knowing you have it in you. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just knowing you can, whatever happens, you'll get through it. Like one way or the other, it, you'll just like yeah. your mindset has to be, you know, so strong. Yeah, there's an, I mean, Kim's obvious example is a true example of you, you have to accept in life, you can't be prepared for everything. And this was a certain example that was almost, you know, life changing, so to speak. Obviously, in the business world, there are ones that really scary that you do have even time to prepare. And they take obviously from what Kim's example is a second nature. But I think that once you, as I said, for me is like, once you got past that, or once it almost becomes a bit of an addiction, because you want to have that charge of feeling like you can overcome your, your fears, because it just builds character to like, continue to persevere through any of the other issues that you're going through to be successful. Um, Obviously, like I said, you know, Kim was a part of uh, the upcoming reality show that we have of mine. And that was, that's a side hustle, but that's something that like, I have no experience in. I had to do from the right from the beginning of the whole concept, the idea, how it was going to play out the the whole show, and then going off and filming it in a very condensed format. That was another example. But now that I've completed it and I've been able to get some rest for like a couple of weeks, you're like, man, like when's the next hit? Like when's the next dopamine hit that I'm going to do? Because it becomes almost addictive. Yeah. But I think that's true. Anything like stepping outside your comfort zone. Like I try to put myself like step outside my comfort zone all the time. Like, and so, I mean, I think that's really important. That's what a side hustle is. Like put yourself into something new. It may or may not work, but you'll live, you'll learn, you'll grow. And like some, and it's energizing, right? So I think just making sure you're minding yourself all the time, even take a new, you know, eat at a new restaurant, take a new street to work. Like just do something different that's outside of your routine will like kind of, you know, ignite sparks in your brain that, changes the way you see things or feel things. You know, one thing is fascinating to me. I love your perspective, Kim, on this because side hustle feels like a relatively new term on the scene, which I think is great. And a lot of people are, and we'll talk a little bit about your accelerator here uh, before we wrap our episode. But, um, you know, in the past, I would interview entrepreneurs that had succeeded. They had been maybe like a Brad Woodgate. They had built a billion dollar company but they were in such fear of failing the second go around. They didn't want to be a one hit wonder. I'm kind of wondering now, listening to you and Brad, 
does the side hustle kind of give us a path around that fear, that innate fear that a lot of people will have? They put on the great face, but man, when you get them behind the scenes and off the record, they are terrified, especially if they did it in a group. It's like, wait a minute, why did the why did my other two co-founders crush it the second time around? And I'm still looking for my next sort of Broadway hit. Uh, what is your perspective on that? Because it feels like the side hustle, it's like, no, I've got a bunch of stuff going on. I'm placing bets all over the place as opposed to one big bet that could fail and put me back five to seven years. Yeah, I think just being, I'm, I mean, you have to be okay with failure because you're not going to like, you got to risk big to win big. So if you're not willing to risk big, then you're definitely not going to have a great outcome. Um, it is hard to continue to put yourself out there and face that this could be a failure. And we do it all the time. Every time, to your point, every time you start a side hustle, there is a probability you might fail. Okay, but when, if you do fail, what'd you learn? Like, who'd you meet? What other opportunities came from it? Like my grandpa always said, like a path leads to a path. So whether or not that path's the right path, maybe it's leading you to something else. And just knowing that either way, you'll get something great will come out of it. And you know, I used to say, like the worst thing that ever happens to you turns out to be the best thing that ever happens to you. You just don't know it at the time. So just knowing if it turns out bad, okay. But just having the belief like this somehow is just how like will turn into something that you know, is, is really positive. I so Rod, I, I, I think, yeah, Rod, I think you honestly hit something on nail on the head. Uh, like for me, uh, well, next life sciences was my first business. That's the one that I had the $30,000 investment in. And it was my brother and I who started it. And after 16 years of running that business together, he wanted to move on to, he's, he's done a, a new business called cuddling kind, which is these hand knit dolls, but I bought him out and I had such Fear because obviously the Wellnex business was on the decline at the time. That's why he was, you know, wanting to exit and so forth. And when I took it over and it continued on a decline, I had this like, oh my goodness, like everybody's going to think that like the only reason why Wellnex was successful in the first place is because Brad had Derek and like he's not even an entrepreneur. Like he was just riding his coattails. So that immense pressure that came on to A, turn Wellnex around. B, then start a new company like No Sugar at the time in 2019, it consumed me. It absolutely, I became obsessed with making that a successful, all, all in my own head. Like no one was saying this to me. I just wanted to prove to, to, my, to my brother and prove to people around me, even though they said nothing. And so I think it's really interesting that you hit on that because I felt that immensely with those two businesses. And I also think that we potentially call things a side hustle to put less pressure on ourselves. So for example, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like this reality show that I'm starting is like, it's a side hustle, but like behind the scenes, I'm like, this thing better hit number one. Or we better I'm crush really, it. I hit this thing. I'm going to be really <laughs> pissed. So I think you hit the nail on the head that that that's exactly how, what I went through. Yeah. And that's okay. I think it actually gives people the opportunity to not, it's not so scary, right? Mm. Just call it a side hustle and be like, okay, I'm going to start something, a side hustle. Like it's not my main hustle. It's a side hustle. Now, hopefully the side hustle becomes huge <laughs> and overtakes my main hustle. And then we like, yeah. it yeah. becomes great. But I think it's an opportunity for someone to step into something, you, you know, different and try something new without the pressure, you know, per se, that it's going to be this huge thing, because that's where the yeah. You know, you get all the anxiety is exactly. like, oh, it's supposed to be huge. You're like, well, I want it to be huge, but yeah, Got, again, I, yeah. right? Every, every, every single business that you start in, no matter your previous success, you'll have a general understanding of business and business principles and things that you can rely on. But Kim getting into the beverage space or I'm getting into the reality space, whatever the thing is, you literally have to start from ground zero and work your way up. 
but people put this thing on, well, if you've started it and you've had past success, it should be leapfrog. There is no leapfrogs. There is no, you got to go through the process. Yeah. Now, this is the reality, right? I mean, it looks all nice and shiny when we see the end result of an awesome book. By the way, I love your book cover and Thank just you. the subtlety of the the jump for people who can see. Uh, it's very cool and well done. Let people, I want to know more about this uh, accelerator, Side Hustle Accelerator. It's in partnership with Entrepreneur Media, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little so bit about started, that. Yeah. We start, I actually started it right at the start of the pandemic because so many people were having challenges and needing to diversify their income. So, really looking to just create a easy way to start a side hustle. And I mean, I, again, I love the side hustle. And so if we could encourage 10,000 people have gone through this program, the side hustle accelerator, and it's been just a great way to give back like in an easy way, um, like a framework, you know, there's nine steps to starting a side hustle. It walks you through the nine steps. It gives you play by play, even like draft letters. It's just an easy way for someone to say, Hey, I don't even know where to start, which is usually what happens. I don't even, I, I want to start a side hustle. Where do I start? It's a great place to start. It's a great place to get your foot in and then figure out what to do next. It's easy. It's simple. It's, you know, developed by me for, you know, exactly like what how do I the nine, do. How do the, Kim, honest. how do the nine steps differ from sort of the classic, maybe what someone might call archaic business plan? I think it's like a an, a very a much shorter, condensed, mm. uh, quicker way to get started, right? Because if you're you're not you don't need to do a whole business plan. This is not we're not creating a business. We're not getting funding. It's like how to start a side hustle with little or no money. I mean, basically, because hopefully at this point, people probably don't have a lot of money to invest yeah. in the side hustle. Really, in my opinion, you have to invest time. And that's where you need to be really clear of how much time can I invest in side hustle on a weekly basis and be consistent with that. And like, it will be amazing what you can accomplish if you just dedicate the time to do it. So as we, as we wrap here, let's let people in on sort of what's coming up for you. I would imagine this is, uh, you've got probably so many things, like what can you share with us? And I'm sure there's probably a number of things you can't share <laughs> the intrigue of uh, Kim Perel. So, but let us know kind of what's, what's on the, uh, on the horizon. Oh, right now I'm writing my third book. So that's what I'm currently working. I mean, again, and you're smiling <laughs> for someone who writes, like you're smiling as if it's like, <laughs> Because you know what I found in just the, even the last three years in building all these new companies, like the struggle's real. And what happens behind closed doors, people can't see. They can only see, like if you watch my social media or you watch something, you, you see like this one picture. But if you really know me, like behind the scenes and you were following me around, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe this is happening all the time. So really just, you know, the constant threats and the up and downs that people face and leaders face, whether you're working in a big company or your startup, like the struggle's real. I just want to like help expose some of that so everyone doesn't feel so alone because I feel that, you know, back to your point earlier, it's lonely and it doesn't have to be. So let's expose. What's your process? If we, if we had a hidden camera watching you, write, Like, are you locked in the doors or a certain place in the house? Like what's your setup? Oh, okay. Well, I go, I just went to Mexico, Brad's like, what are you doing? I'm usually finding space where, I don't have to do anything but create. So it's really about, again, even the advice I'm giving, finding the time when I can just clear my mind and really think about what's been most impactful to me. Because I mean, I write to share knowledge of the lessons I've learned so other people don't have to, don't have to repeat my mistakes. And I love to read. So it's about 
really being able to share. I don't want to have to learn and reinvent the wheel. And that's why I called Brad. I'm like, hey, can you give me some advice? But again, not everyone call, can call Brad. So how do we make this more accessible to more people that are looking to you know, create, whether that be side hustle, a business, or even just a life change? What, what she meant to say in layman's terms was that she needs time away from her four kids to just yeah. put pen to paper and have no distractions. That's what she meant to say. <laughs> yes. There again, there's yes. the reality. The reality <laughs> is mommy. They're so cute though. <laughs> well, we want to thank Kim Perel. What, what, an, what a treat to be able to sort of dive into your world and understand sort of how you think about things and to, and even the struggles and all the stuff that you've gone through, even sharing personal uh, anecdotes about your family. I mean, we, we take that, that seriously. And we appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank for everybody checking out the episode of B-Rad Side Hustle Podcast. It's been brought to you by the No Sugar Company, the first company to offer naturally sweet no sugar products that taste great. From metaprotein bars to delicious caramel shells, you'll never find additives or fillers in No Sugar Company products, only high quality and responsibly sourced ingredients. Try any of their No Sugar products at thenosugarcompany.com. Plus, you get 10% off when you use code SIDEHUSTLE. That's SIDEHUSTLE to get 10% off at the No Sugar Company. Brad, as we sign off here, I know you're makeup artist. This is not a side hustle. You're looking good, my man. I'll see you you on the next episode. Amazing. Thanks so much, Kim. Thanks, guys.